everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I am your host, Lauren. And I'm Jai. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm really excited to talk about, we're doing Before Sunrise today, 95 by Richard Linkletter, just so you know. Um, Send us five stars on Apple Podcasts, like and subscribe and do all that fun jazz. (laughs) Yes, got it in early. (laughs) I'm excited. Uh, So Jai, what are you up to now? What's going on? Um, I okay highlights I watched a really freaking cool documentary the other night on Sunday night actually oh yeah um jazz on a summer's day it's like 1959 is the um Newport Jazz Festival yeah and wait what is that available on because I was gonna ask I was gonna tell my dad about it because he went to oh okay so you actually have to go on the website because the festival was cancelled this year for oh. COVID, obviously, because of COVID. So um, there's a link there, and, and it costs $10 because they're trying to raise money to compensate oh, nice. from the fact that they cancelled the festival this year. So I guess it goes towards people that like, normally work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Which is All really right. cool. Um, it's honestly, I don't want to like exaggerate, but it is such a freaking amazing dog. Like the way it's shot is just so stunning. Really beautiful. Cool. Like I'm actually surprised they um it's two guys who did it. But it's uh, yeah, I mean I I don't wanna like give away too much, but it, it is really artsy, really beautiful and um pretty much sort of focuses on the fashion aspect of it of then like the festival but obviously the music but it is it, just it's not even I know you don't love jazz but I highly recommend it because and this is the one is this the one I'm looking it up right now is this the one that actually came out in 1959 or is this a recent one no no this is the 1959 one so oh, okay so it's the one that came out in the 60s or like in did, i think they um released it like recently oh like, right okay okay you cool. see, like performance by like chuck berry uh chico hamilton and louis armstrong and it's just oh it's just yeah, so good oh, oh, cool. oh yeah i want to check it out yeah, I told my dad about it since he used to go all the time when he was. So like we we drank whiskey and watched it on Sunday night on the projector, and it is the way to do it basically. <laughs> oh, cool! I really want. I wish I could. I don't have a wall big enough, like that, an empty wall big enough. I wish I could have mm. a projector. But hopefully, in my next spot, I will have a projector. <laughs> yeah, it's just another way of watching things, and it's yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, cool. so yeah, that I highly recommend, and I've been working on a shoot and i also been listening to new music that's really exciting um it's it's basically uh rival consoles he's um from the uk and he's part of this label um that has honestly the most incredible music from the past and in my opinion for my taste um they are the only label who's done like, anything really interesting in the in the last ten years. They're called um, Erased Tape Records, and they're based in Hackney. Uh, they actually ran the corner from our old place, but um, they have Neil Fran Erased Tape Records. Cool. They have Neil Fran. They have they used to have Kiasmas, um, Olafar Arnold. Rival Consoles was the first one, and it is just electronic. But oh, yeah, I'm looking now. Yeah, the artists. I don't know these artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, they, they have a really good eye, and basically they 
a lot of them are um, from Iceland, Norway. There's a couple from Japan. They just have, they're kind of not completely experimental, but they're very unique at bands, you know, musicians. Okay, as someone who does not know anything about this genre and type of music, what is the first thing that you suggest I listen to? Because I'm going to listen to, like, one of these artists. Can you, okay. I think you kind of know well, my music taste, so what... Well, I, see if I like it, and if you're like, okay, if you don't like that, then I don't But know. the thing is, they're all really they're all different, different from each other. That's the thing. That's what is okay. really cool. Make they don't... me a playlist. Okay, I'll make you a playlist. Oh, yes. Yeah, bands on this record Let's label. Let's do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then if you guys want to um, make it public, I'll put it on the, the website. So if you oh, guys cool. are curious. Yeah, if you guys are yeah. curious. To what, what we're talking about, I'm going to find out about it too. So I'll report back. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope people like it. But it is very like... um. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, basically, because yeah, well, yeah, yeah cool. cool. What about you? What have you been up to? Um, let's see. I watched that Vow yeah. documentary that I was just talking to you about about the Nexium cult, which is some kind of weird sex cult where some actress got arrested like last year and the founder. And I remember vaguely hearing about it, but I had no idea what it was about. So it's on HBO. I think it just started on Sunday, and it's like every week. So. They're just kind of getting into the basics. It's really weird, but if you like cult shit, then watch it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't wait to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's going to be six episodes. Um, I've been watching the Helter Skelter documentary on Charles Manson for the last five weeks. <laughs> the last one is next Sunday. And honestly, as someone who like wa- like watches a lot of stuff about that like kind of stuff, I found out a lot of new information in this one that I never knew. And two women who I've never seen interviewed that were part of the family also said a lot of things that we didn't know in like pretty terrifying detail. But um mm. but yeah, it was really fucked up but crazy but pretty interesting. Uh I think the last one is this Sunday. So it's they talked about the trial on the last one, so I'm sure it's probably gonna be like What's the, that on? What what channel? Oh it's on Epics. It's like a um it's like a premium channel, but I think once it's done, like I'll after this Sunday, which will be the last one, I think you can sign up for like a free week trial. Oh, and you okay. can just like you could just sign up for a week and then just like watch. I bet, I bet it will go on Netflix afterwards. It might, yeah. I feel like it might. They also have one on Laurel Canyon that I really want to see. It's all about like the hippies and like Joni Mitchell. Oh yeah, like, I want to watch that. that. Yes, same. It's like that vibe of like everyone who gathered in Laurel Canyon in like the sixties and seventies in California. So I want to see that too. But I think that's already been out. Either it's been out or it's coming out. But yeah, I've been into docs lately. I'm also watching a really horrible one about the whole Weinstein thing called The Reckoning. Oh, I know. I've seen it advertised, but I just don't want to watch it. There's so much I can take, and I've already yeah, watched the other ones. So. Yeah, there's so many. I'm just like, God, these poor women. Like, this is... Ugh. So, I'm yeah, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately outside of watching um, a movie that's a lot more exciting and emotional and joyful before sunrise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh. I know. It's like, instead of watching things about how terrible shit is like you need need a balance don't you and also um what a nice treat to watch this film yeah and you know like i've seen it like eight times i think yeah i've seen it about probably the same yeah like a fair amount of times but i feel like every time i watch it i see something else or like i think you probably just grow as a person as you watch it and like some of the topics that they talk about are kind of things that you either thought about before or you're like thinking about now and yeah totally yeah so it's really interesting uh yeah what are your first thoughts like what's the first when's the first time you saw it um 
You know, I actually don't remember the year. I, d- I d- definitely didn't watch it, and like when he came out. So I yeah, remember I, mean, um, I rented it. So I went to um, Blockbusters back then. Yeah, we used to have a Blockbuster. So I rented it and I watched it on my own. That I yes, remember. I am. Yeah, because I, I used to watch a lot of movies. I had like really bad insomnia. So like it was uh, around those years, and I, I just watched so many films on my own. I like even though I live with my sister still, she wasn't into the same. What well, she still isn't into the same sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just I love, I love the beginning. I, I love how it is generally so romantic from start to finish, and <laughs> it's just like took me back to being in my early twenties. Like, you know, you had all. Um, all we had was our dreams and adventure spirit. Like I remember thinking like, Oh, this is probably based on a novel and I want to read the book. But then I found out that it wasn't. And yeah, it's kind of no. like interesting because it really does seem like, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, the more you actually, the more I read about it, the more I, it, it, it was clear um, why it was so good because, um, you know, um, Ethan Hawke and, Julie co-wrote it because they they thought that it didn't have that much romance or something like that. I think yeah. I remember. It. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I just really like it, and I rewatched it. Like I rewatched it last night, and I thought, you know, it's quite hard to make a film that um, that is so packed in dialogue between just two people, and that isn't boring. Yeah. You know, yeah, because totally, it, I think that's quite a hard thing to do. Um, it's almost like it could almost be like a bit intense, but it's actually not because there's like cool, quiet, like moments in it too. And I just love all the things they do in a day. I, just, I mean, I, I just love everything about this movie really. Yeah. Um, I love the, the editing component. It's just <clears throat> so good. Cause you feel like you've seen them on this entire night. Yeah. In reality, you haven't, you've only seen them like what, two hours like an hour and 40 minutes. It's an hour and 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's just so incredible how they seem to show, like, the most important moments of the time. Yeah. That, that's, like, stretched out between them. And and also, I was as I was reading some of the behind-the-scenes, like, Ethan Hawke, and, and they were all writing it kind of, like, periodically as they were shooting it, and they said there was, like, for every one scene that you see, there's, like, 17 that we didn't include. So, if, wow. like, you can imagine, like, how they wrote the scenes and kind of... Um, what they didn't include. I mean, it just, it's, it boggles my mind. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. It's crazy. I can't even imagine and, that. And it is just so cool, isn't it? That it's all, it's not even a full day because they meet quite late in the day. I mean, they, they get off the train quite late, I suppose. And then they just have, they do all this stuff. But it's, um, I, I just, I think I love films that take part in like this in one day, basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What it about you? Crazy. When did you first watch it? Uh, I did the same. I was in high school. I don't remember exactly, but I did rent it. So I don't remember exactly like how old I was, but I know I was in high school. I think I'd I'd seen it before I went to to uni, but um, let's see. I think I bought it on, I know I have it on DVD and I've had it for a while. I don't remember like when I got it, but I wonder, I'm trying to think if I ever had it on tape. I don't know if I did. But I know I rented it. Um, I really loved it from the start. I liked Richard Linkletter from Days and Confused. Yeah. So I, I was just like, yeah. I was like, like Days and Confused. I think Clueless and Days and Confused are like the two films in my adolescence that I loved so much. 
Like, I was just obsessed with Dazed and Confused. I got super into, like, that 70s music and, like, all, like, that whole vibe. And got into, like, wearing bell bottoms and, like, really cheesy, like, 70s stuff and, like, lava lamps and, like, blow up furniture and shit. And, like, it was just, yeah, like, at that time, it was just really cool. Like, because 70s was, like, the 90s now. It was, like, 20 years ago. So the 70s, like, kind of came back. Yeah, In, like, a weird way in the 90s. I don't know if a lot of people probably... We always no, talk about right. the 90s, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. when we were kids, there was like a big 70s thing. It was like, like, uh, what do you call it? Like corduroy and like overalls. Yeah, they, overalls, yeah, bell bottoms. All yeah, the things that they had. Yeah, 70s. yeah no, I yeah, know. Totally. So it's really cool that every 20 years it kind of like goes, goes through it. Like I think the 2010s was some 80s shit or 2000s was like some 80s shit. That's when people were like weird, like neon. Yeah, it was all like new rave. Yeah, like, which is like eighties, yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was not not the finest um, decade. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. As we were talking about in ten things I hate about you, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's when fashion started to get really weird. Yeah, <laughs> awful. Like, I, I the funny thing is, I don't really remember what I was wearing, but. I, I just know it was probably bad. I mean, I remember well, some things yeah. that I would never wear now. I know I had a couple of things that were like these bright t-shirts with crazy prints, like very eighties mm-hmm. and like um, leggings. Definitely wore quite a lot of leggings, but yeah, like, like American Apparel, I got really into. That I, like yeah, I thing. had the disco pants, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the funny pockets that were so high up that make your bum look funny. Yeah. And like a zipper. Yeah, I know. Yeah, not not cool. But yeah, I mean, no, it's you know. not cool, kids. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. God, please do not dress like this. I think it's kind of coming back for some younger kids because it's like vintage. But no, it's vintage, not for, for us, them. Vintage. Yeah, yeah, not for us. But I, <laughs> no, kids, don't do it. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but yeah, that's about all that I have for my. I mean, I've seen it. I love it. I bought it on DVD and I watch it like periodically. I do have Before Sunset. The the next film in the trilogy so far. And then I have to say shockingly that I have not seen the last one because it was on Netflix. And when I was going to watch it, it was gone. And now I don't know where it is. So well, I have to watch what? the third one. I have not watched it either. <gasps> oh, it's good. Crazy. I thought you were going to be like, Lauren, how could you? No, I, I haven't. And I'm like, DVD. Yeah. Yeah, because I couldn't find it when I wanted to watch it. And I guess I forgot about it until Did now. But, oh. but, but the but before midnight, yes, I, I, I've seen that like so many times too. Am I remembering this correctly? Or okay, before I watched it, when I knew we were gonna do this movie, mm-hmm. I remember in my head like Celine being a little bit more intense. But then when I watched this, I was like, no, maybe it was in Before Midnight. It, that's she, the one where she. That, that's the one I haven't seen. The one where they're. Sorry, like, I, I meant. Sorry, I meant before um, sunset? sunset. Yeah. The one where she's a bit older. Yeah. I think I, she's a bit more intense before sunset. Yeah, that's what I remember. Because I wasn't sure if it was in this one. But then as I was watching this, I was like, oh, no, it must have been in before sunset. Because I definitely remember that very vividly, that she was, like, quite intense. like for she long, was, Yeah, she was more intense in the second one. And I need to watch the second one again. I haven't seen it for, like, a while. Mm. So I can't remember, like, I mean, I know about the film and I know, like, how it ends, but I don't remember, like, exact things that happened. Yeah. But it's so good, good, though. Um, I have some behind-the-scenes information. Do you have any? I have some. What are yours? Do yours. Well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you have this one, too, but the, um, the idea of the movie came from a night that 
Richard Linklater spent walking around Philly and like uh, met a woman in a toy store. Yeah. And they kind of like stayed in touch for a while, but then the contact kind of got lost and he never heard from her again, even when he became kind of like a well-known director and the movie came out. And I think he found that around 2010 that um, Amy, the, the woman that he met, had died in a horrific accident before yeah. the release of the film. So she never even got to know that he made a movie about them, you know? Yeah, isn't that crazy? I yeah, I read it. Very sad. I know, it is really sad. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, do you, should we do one each? Yeah, okay, well, I have uh, combined. I, it premiered 25 years ago at Sundance in January. Yeah. And it was made for $2.5 million, which is, like, so short. I, I mean, know, like, it's not you know? much. Yeah. No, not at all. It's kind of crazy. And I also have another note. Uh, Julie Delpy got into, like, a equal pay dispute because she got like a 10th of what Ethan Hawke made for the first. What? No. Yeah. Yep. And then she got That's half of what crazy. Ethan Hawke made for before sunset. Oh, no. And then she said that she wouldn't do before midnight if she didn't get equal what he did. And they've oh, yeah. all been writing it this whole time. It's not oh, like yeah. he's ever thing. not done anything he has. So, but also they both act in it equally. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, it's about both of them and they have, they both, Cool, uh, cool, wrote it. So yeah, like it doesn't. This is just one of those awful. I mean, nineties and you know, in general, like yeah. things from the past when women always were underpaid. You know, men always got paid. I mean, still do sometimes in some places get oh, paid yeah. more than women. It's so absurd, you know. But good for her for fighting. Um, yeah, to get but can you pay. So blatant, like a tenth. Also, That's, I'm surprised that Ethan Hawke wouldn't say anything. Maybe he didn't know, but I don't, kind of I would have been nice. None of them made any money, but I don't think they knew like how oh, much right. each other made. I have no idea. Okay. But I think that the budget was so light, but I'm sure because he'd just come off of Reality Bites, that like, mm. like I think it was more of like, I don't know, I think he probably maybe had a high quote or something because he was like on the come up. You know, he was in like Dead Poet Society. He was in Reality Bites. Well, he was in something else in, like, 93. So yeah, he was, he was like, yeah, so yeah. American-wise. I mean, obviously, Julie Delphi, I think, had worked in Europe before. But, like, I guess maybe to get funding from American people? I don't know. Maybe they're like, we need someone that we can sell or, like, sell this to. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, but, yeah, yeah, thankfully, she did get her equal equal pay. What yeah, I'm that? so glad. That's really cool that you found out. Yeah, yeah. You find that out. Um, yeah, I think it's really fascinating that they basically got the script and they were like, no, this is lacking in like romance. This is just not good enough. So they um, helped to rewrite it. I think that's really amazing. And like, what's really sad is that they weren't um, credited for the, for that film. For, for, yeah, for the writing. Yeah, until I think they were in the sequels, but not in this one, which is kind of crappy, but. <laughs> yeah. Because this one is, like, the foundation, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, it's cool that people... I mean, they obviously got creative for the sequels, but also people found out that they did co-wrote the first one as well, so... Yeah, that's true. So now people know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, let's see. I have... 
yeah, they were working on the script like on the weekends, like throughout when they were shooting it. And then when they were casting, I think like Sadie Frost was in the running too with Julie Delpy. They were like two at the last, they're like the two women. And oh, then there was cool. Ethan Hawke and someone else I think that I was reading in that New York Times. And then I friggin like clicked off of it and they're like, you need to pay for it. So I was trying to write that down. Oh. Man. Um, so yeah, if I can find it again. Oh, I think I, I found it. I found the article. Um, let's see. And even like, I guess Linkletter also said that he, oh wait. Okay. So before sunrise made 5.9 million domestically and 17.2 million internationally. Yeah. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what's also really interesting is that they, so they didn't really make that much from the first one, but the sequels made like a lot. Yeah. And it was like gradually. So the second one made more and the third one made like way more, you know, than, than. Oh, I, I found out. Uh, Michael Vartan, he was in the last running with Ethan Hawke. I don't know who that is. I know that name, but I don't know. It just has never been kissed, but I don't think I've seen that movie. That's one oh, I've never that. been kissed with um, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, right? I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen A long time ago, like when he came out. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's from like it's late nineties, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Oh cool. All right. Well I'll maybe have to check that out. I- I'm also I'm reviewing uh Poison Ivy next week. So oh cool. With, with Charles. I'm super stoked. I guess we're doing this weird like fatal attraction series <laughs> you, with our episode. You are, you two are doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then with Mike, I'm doing like all the scary ones. All the like fucking weird. We're going to do the faculty actually, I think. Oh, cool. Next week with Josh Hartnett. Um, yeah. And other, uh, other random hot people, but Josh Hartnett was like everything in that movie. <laughs> he, I mean, he was for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, super hot. Um, he still is. He's in Penny Dreadful. Another thing I oh, love. Right. With, with yeah, but he's not, I feel like he was cuter when he was younger. No, or maybe looks, just my taste. My taste he, has changed. No, no, he looks looks amazing in that movie or in that. I think film. I've just evolved. <laughs> what? I've evolved. My taste has evolved. Have maybe. you? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think no one had seen him for a while during that whole bit when he. Well, you know, he got busted for like having sex in like a London public library. What? You didn't know this. That's why Josh Hartnett is like so fucking hot. And then no. that was like maybe like ten years ago or something. And I then I know that. Yeah, and then he, and he, no one saw him for a while. And then he did this fucking Penny Dreadful, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, it's Josh Hartnett! He's fucking back!" And yeah, uh, oh. I think it was something lame. Like I don't think he like got in trouble or anything, but it was some kind of rumor floating around. But maybe it was, maybe it wasn't true. Allegedly, who knows? But I guess it like improved his uh, his like status as people were like, "Oh shit!" Like. He's doing all this crazy stuff. He left for a while, then came back. Huh. Yeah. Well, I guess it was when it was meant to be cool to have sex in the bathroom, but obviously... You were like in a library. I think it was like in a library. Okay, library. Sorry, that's yeah. an upgrade from a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it was like something weird, but it might have just been a weird one of those weird rumors. But everybody maybe said it was like, knows, everybody right? said it was him, but who fucking knows? But anyway, he came back and he's amazing. I love him. Um. Yeah, I read that Wyneth Paltrow and Jennifer Aniston auditioned for the lead, for for the for Julie's part. Um, obviously, they didn't get it, but it's crazy that um, the director spent nine months casting the film because he he saw like so many people, but he just didn't really feel like any of them were right. So nine months is quite a long time. Oh wow! To find the two main, um, you know, the leading roles is crazy. 
That's so weird. And I'm also so glad that he didn't go to Wiener Paltrow or Jennifer Aniston because it would have been a completely different film. No. Like, I love that it's um, Julie Delpy and, like, she's French and I just love everything. I think it's just perfect. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine anyone else really doing it. God, yeah. It's just so... It's just so weird. What? That it would be Jennifer Aniston. I know, because it would have, I don't think it would have felt like a serious, I mean, not that it's a super serious film, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, I just can't imagine the film even doing that well, because actors, like, bring so much to, to movies. I mean, like, I don't think she's ever done anything that's really great. Jennifer Aniston? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of her. Um, yeah, she she hasn't done, done, like, she's done some, like, every now and again, she does those, like, weird, like, really dramatic roles. Like, she did one where she was, like, a waitress in, like, the mid-2000s. And it was kind of, like, a, like, it was very dramatic. Like, it was not what you're used to seeing her in. But then mm-hmm. she kind of goes away for a while. Well, the thing is, to be honest, like, I feel like she's actually not a bad actress, but she's always going to have that, like, friend's cloud over her head, you know? You it's think? kind of, like... Yeah, I think it's really hard to for people to get past that. Like, I don't know. And also, she's done a lot of like rom coms, you know. Like, yeah, she does. And that We Are the Millers, she did that. That one with the guy <laughs> from uh, what's his name, SNL. Yeah, no, I, I haven't yeah. watched it, but I know of it. Yeah. And then she was married to Brad Pitt, and when she was married to Brad Pitt, like she was kind of like they were like attached, you know, at the hip. Mm-hmm. Like they were just together all the time. I okay. still like, secretly want them to get back together. Fuck no. <laughs> Jeez. I watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith the other day and I was like, and I have it owned it on DVD, but I was it was like on TV. And I was like, okay, I'm like writing stuff. I'm gonna put this on in the background. And I was like, this movie is such a fucking setup. Like, how the hell do you expect <laughs> them not to be? I, I just don't like from minute one, they're at the therapist talking about like their marriage. Oh, like I these know. two are fucking banging and you guys know it, and you're just like <laughs> fooling us now because now that we all we all know what happened like when you watch it now it's just crazy because you like know that they ended up together and like have all these kids and stuff but just the way that it when it came out it was like you know you weren't sure like he was still married or was he married whatever like it was all like in the tabloids and I was like was that all just to promote the movie or no I don't think so I I think you could see like they had so much chemistry and like yeah but it's just it just seemed all so strange and weird but I was like this movie is such a setup I mean it's a good movie because it's just like funny but it's just such a setup (laughs) yeah well do you have any more behind the scenes notes um I don't actually uh, I just have one other one was that uh, Richard Linkletter, Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke spent three weeks in Vienna um, at like as an intensive ahead of the shoot. So they like spent a lot of time in Vienna, which is so cool. Oh, that's right. I did read that. Also, am I wrong or was it in this film or before sunset? Where I think it was before sunset. I think that they, they shot like, well, that whole week when they were shooting, it was like the hottest summer there. I think it was here. It was this one, right? I think it was this one because um, they were asking Ethan Hawke in one uh, interview, like why he was wearing that turtleneck. He was like, <laughs> he was like, it was actually like just something I wanted to wear. And I think it was like someone, someone in his family or something. And he's like, and then in retrospect, like why would I be wearing a turtleneck? Like in June, <laughs> like it was, it was just so hot, or like whenever it was, whenever they yeah they it. they just said that the 
weather made made it really challenging because it was literally like the hot one of the hottest weeks you know they had like record temperatures like yeah which is crazy it's like for anyone out there who knows celsius it was 38 celsius so oh that's really hot yeah i know that 30 is hot <laughs> so <laughs> i know that like 38 is fucking hot that's kind of insane yeah just even the cameras and everything just being God, out yeah so know, hard. Like, right? yeah right. That. god you have I to concentrate pardon I think that's all I have for behind the scenes. Yeah, same. Okay, cool. So let's get into the movie. All right. So I love that the the first way that they meet is like through that arguing couple. Me too. Know, like, and I it's love so, that. Just something that would happen because I feel like that's kind of uh, I don't know as a kind of a comment on like when you usually talk to a stranger, there's some kind of like commonality that happens. Yeah. Otherwise, it's weird if someone just goes up to you and goes hi, you know, without any kind of uh, you know like prior like communication yeah uh, well i guess you find an excuse um sometimes, yeah you know? that's true um but yeah i really like that me too i love that i, I think it's all very relatable and it's very realistic as well like mm-hmm. it's like almost too I, I think the director said that they don't get as much credit for acting because people think it's so real and they, yeah they think that it's not it, like written people think that it's literally just them ad-libbing on camera and someone's just filming it like it's actually they're actually acting but it's just it's so real like i believe that these two are we're watching their life you know like it doesn't feel like it's a script and it's a story and it's going somewhere it's literally you don't even care if it goes nowhere you're just watching it exactly yeah he said that a lot of people thought it was that impro like between the two actors but actually they rehearsed every line every like scene so much that it, it was like actually quite insane you know so it's kind of funny that the and like the final product looks so like so kind of like effortless and sort of like organic or I suppose like yeah yeah it's a very different way that to film something too yeah that's cool um, I like when they first meet and she's like, and he's like, oh, I'm American. And she's like, oh, you are? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> I knew you would comment on that because really he was funny. like, yeah, fine. I'm like, you know, the stereotype. I'm dumb and I don't, like, I haven't gone anywhere or whatever. It's, it's yeah, it's really funny. I don't speak any other languages. <laughs> I don't speak any other languages, yeah. Which are all like, the cliches yeah, about Americans yeah, in Europe. Really yeah. Funny. Um. And yeah, then it's then you find out that he's there because he's leaving. They're like going to Vienna, like headed to Vienna, and or not headed to, but like through. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm flying out. Like that's where I'm leaving from." Oh, did you hear that? Sorry. Okay, never mind. Was that your water bottle? Yeah, could you hear it? Yeah, that's really funny because oh, I just sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I just, drink, I just drink water too. That's really funny. Um, but yeah, then you find out like, yeah, why he's going. And then it's really funny that he talks about like, he has this idea for like reality TV. Oh yeah. Explaining all about like people doing like mundane, dumb things. And like, that's essentially like what we watch now. (laughs) It is. But do you think, was it, was this film, film before, um, the real world after real world was 92 yeah okay because i was thinking she didn't co- they didn't come up with it i'm pretty sure that the real world had come up already yeah yeah it was definitely like a thing 
But I mean, he's still everything. But it's really funny that he's like, yeah, he was a spot on with like re- being obsessed with reality TV and like pretty much she like was big like brother. Yeah, exactly. Like forced to live in this house and almost like Love Island, which is I just started yesterday. That just started in the U.S. It's fucking nuts, dude. Not to go on a Love Island <laughs> rant, but like these people are coming out of quarantine and they're all like under twenty five and they're all just like so fucking crazed. It's nuts. Like they're all like we've been secluded for like two weeks. We get COVID tests like all the time. Two weeks. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. But they're like, we've been in lockdown, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I can't believe that of all countries, America is still willing to do a reality show where people, there's a pandemic. It has not been declared over. And they're putting a bunch of people together in a house. What if one of them gets it? Well, they, what do, they do. Like, why would they do this? I know. It, it, it's really bizarre. But, you know. I watch this. I didn't know it was going to be like this fucking bad. because Maybe they won that because it will like, create like drama and like more content. Like, I don't know. So yeah, I think that's really funny. And also I, I was just thinking the whole time that this conversation just really reminds you of like not having a phone. Yeah. You have no distractions. Like you, no distractions. You'll be just reading. I mean, this is what I mean. Like I, I think I definitely felt very nostalgic watching it because it's all those things that you used to do, you know, they obviously, People who are like 20, 22, they really don't know what we're talking about. But yeah, it was like so nice to, to actually talk to strangers and like make friends on a bus or on a train, you know, and like read or listen to your Walkman or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's just sad that we don't have that anymore. Oh, yeah, I think maybe in – I'm sure there's some parts of America – that might still be like that, like smaller, like, like rural America, yeah, yeah, maybe, and like more like some type of other non like urban metropolitan city. But it just seems like in Europe, there's still like more of a like I don't know, like there's more of like a trusting nature. If you meet someone in Europe, not to say that everyone on a train in Europe is like totally fine but oh, like no, that is like, you're absolutely I feel right. like in America yeah. I just would if this I think which was one of the notes from that New York Times article was that he was saying Richard Linklater was saying like um I, I could have said it in America because it obviously happened in America but there was like I could get funding from you know like Eastern Europe and there was some kind of like funding they could get for the film to shoot it there so they were like so we just shot you know we shot in Vienna we were able to go overseas, but I feel like it would just have such a different vibe if it took place in America because I agree way yeah. more like, I don't know. I'm way more, I don't know, like reserved. If someone was to come up to me and talk to me, I like, don't, I would not be this open with anyone. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, no, you're right. I feel like it's very different, like culturally, you know, like I think I was really young and like, 96 or you know when the film came out but um I definitely got to experience that like late 90s and like 2000s just like be on a train home or going up north somewhere or going to a festival all by yourself and just making friends or like even just flying I, I remember I used to always make friends with like flying from London to Mexico City is like uh wait like a 11 hour flight Mm-hmm. sometimes like 12 hours right so it, it's just like the magic of, of that like just like 
going somewhere, making a friend, or just like talking to strangers and like going on adventures, you know, or like going to Europe, like traveling around Europe or something, like backpacking, you know. Like, yeah. It somehow I, I, doesn't happen in America. It's really sad. Do you think it's because there are so many serial killers here? <laughs> serial killers? No, I don't think that's why, but I think it probably comes with. Uh, I think it's also the nature of living in like a really fucking large country. <laughs> I mm. mean, Europe as a continent is just so small. So yeah. I feel like people are just used to living closer together. There's just kind of a more sense of community. I feel like the closer you live together, somewhat. Like, it's not anything that you can really define, but I feel like in general, you're just kind of less skeptical because you're like, oh, no, they're from this town. Like, I know everyone from this town, you know, like, I know someone who knows this boy or, or knows this girl, you know, like, it's just kind of, yeah, things happen in those places. But here it's like, it's impossible to know everyone. And like, everyone yeah. it just feels like a stranger all the time. I mean, even in yeah. your neighborhood, I guess. If you live no, in- that's true. I mean, do you think it's also to do with... um the age they are because I feel like that's true I mean oh, I definitely see the difference you know like when you're in your 20s you're definitely more open and you're more yeah, like totally. adventurous and you're just like you have no um I think it's really hard for you to for anyone really when you're that young to to kind of think of the worst scenario you know like yeah, that's I true. That's so true. many occasions when I put myself in really like weird situations but I mean I was saying none of them turned into nightmares you know it, it was just like I was yeah. just very like first period and trusting and I'll be like yeah you can like give me a ride here and like um I just make friends in Glastonbury and like got in a they drove me back to London you know it's kind of like it's just very different I think it, it comes from inexperience but also you're just young you know I think True. now a I 40 year old doing this, as a 40 or 30 year old you, you already have um you had bad experiences so it's easy to be more cautious or it's kind of inevitable to be cautious you know well, that's what's so, yeah, that is true. And that's what's so good about it is that there wasn't any, like, you could just tell it was supernatural, you know? It was. It wasn't like he wasn't freaked out or she wasn't freaked out, like, thinking that this could be weird. But I feel like, yeah, if it took place in America, I mean, it might be cool, too. It might be cool for there to be, like, this type of version. It does happen in America. It's never happened to me in America. <laughs> every time I've uh, every time I've gone in, like, some kind of weird situation, it's been... It's never been... It's like, hey, you want to go to a rave? And I'm like, yes. And I end up in Queens, like, a warehouse. <laughs> it's, it's never, like, never like this. Trust me. <laughs> it's never someone who's, like, really, like, creative, intellectual, and, like, fucking sober. <laughs> Like, I mean, never. <laughs> it's always, like, super late and, like, you know, at a bar. And, like, hey, we're closing. Like, let's go somewhere. But it's never it's never been anything, like, quite like this. When I had an experience, not in, not in a romantic sense, but just, like, a really intense, um, like, like for person connection. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really strange. It happened to me in Italy. And we kept uh, in contact for a long time. And he was a writer. And I took photos of him. We like spent the day in Florence and yeah, it was really like, yeah. And he sent me like a package of all this stuff. And he was from South Africa. Yeah. And he was like writing to me all the time. And he had like two books of poetry. He was just really like a super cool person. And I were, like this film, like now that I watch it again, after all these things reminds me of the few friends that I do have 
um, like internationally. Like my friend that I have in Iceland, I met on a street. Like I, oh, yeah, yeah it took right. a really interesting way. And then when I ended up going back to Iceland without Mikey, I like went and stayed with him and it was like really cool and like totally got to like, you know, meet his family and stuff like that. It was just like really awesome. But that was a weird way that I met him as well. Like met him on the street and heard his band playing. He plays like sick music and it was just crazy. But they've always been international. It's never been anyone here. Yeah, no, I I mean, I definitely haven't encountered that with Americans. But yeah, it happens in Europe like quite often. I had the same. I had like going to some party, like a festival, and then make friends with some kids and then literally spend 24 hours with them, go to their apartment, like drink, go to the canal and just be like covering makeup and just talk throughout the night and it's just so cool definitely had that like a connection with someone but um it's crazy he actually died like we were friends people you met yeah one the guy that i kind of like had this connection with it was like a group of five i went with like two friends and then it was three of them so it was like a group of six um five of us i think yeah six of us and um we met and it was so amazing we spent like 24 hours together and like we watched the sunrise in the canal in London and everything. And we, yeah, we, we had Facebook at the time. So we kept in touch and like four years later, then we heard that he killed himself. And he was like an artist too. He was like, he was a writer. When we met him, he was writing a novel, but it's crazy because he went to Oxford. He was like super smart, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very sad. I think, he was gay and I think he was having issues kind of like coming out and I that's what people what his friend said like oh, but anyway oh. very like movie like um but yeah magic happens in Europe every day yeah I feel like it's I'm sure it happens here and just probably in a different way if you have yeah. a story like that uh you know <laughs> hit us up I'm curious to know I'm so cool to hear yeah yeah exactly yeah maybe just because we haven't I mean we're just Two people, man. Who knows? Maybe we're just old. Maybe like yeah, maybe the kids that's now. Yeah, people you know? get together from like Instagram and probably have like incredible connections because you've already connected in a way through social media. So it does make people. A lot of people have friends from the internet, like that they met on the internet, you know, and then they're like yeah. friends with them. So it's just a different way, I guess. Now. I guess, yeah, it's, it's a like, world that I have just no idea about. Yeah, yeah same. I have no idea about it. Um, let's see, and then. Jesse's leaving and he's like, okay, I got to get off the train now. And he like convinces her to go. And she's like, uh, I don't know. And then he's like, come on. Like, I don't have anything to do. Like, let's just walk around. So like she gets off and then I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to walk around. This is cool. <laughs> and then, um, and he has that fucking uh, thing on that fucking turtleneck on in the train. But then he switches out into that black leather jacket with a gray Yeah. T-shirt. He has like a gray t-shirt. And then yeah. it literally looks like Troy Dyer from reality bites. <laughs> <laughs> that's right he does yeah totally it's the same like, vibe yeah. yeah it's totally the reality same haircut everything yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like greasy and like the way his hair is it's like the same, <laughs> same vibe um and then it's really funny when he convinces her i love how he convinces her to leave with him and he's like come on what about like you know 10 years 20 years you're gonna be like married and you know you're just gonna remember like what would have happened if i'd gone with that guy 
And yeah, like, so such maybe, a line. Yeah, like maybe like I won't be anything and whatever. Like you won't like me, so it's fine. Like, you know, we're not gonna lose anything. But like what if you do? And I was like, Oh, cool. I like that like whole rationale. I know, me too. I mean, the, the thing is, there's, you know, she has nothing to lose because it's true. She can get back when I'm not trained the next day and, like... Yeah, and make it. She's yeah. She's kind of Paris, right? Yeah. yeah. And I love how she's, like, super um, paranoid about dying, and that's why she's not taking the train or the oh, plane. I love that. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I think about dying, like, 24-7, like, all the time. Like, I'm so... She's, like, super neurotic about it, which I think is really funny. Yeah, um, it's just her personality. She's just like, you know. It's it's just really funny. And I wrote, like, Jessie's so sweet and nice. Um, and then, let's see, then we run into those actors on the bridge, which is really funny. And it's, like, these two guys, and they're, like, asking them, like, what's there to do in Vienna? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're actors in this weird play about, like, a cow. I, I know. I love them because they are so random. They but know. I actually have met people like that yeah, from, so like... From, like, I don't know, Norway, some Germans. It, this is very, like, eccentric and, like, unique, you know. Um, yeah, it's really funny. He he also make, makes a joke about, like, oh, are you, are you American? You don't speak an, any language or something. Yeah, I know. I think he was like, hey, do you guys speak English? And, and they were like, yes. Do you speak German for a change? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's what he says, yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, I'm sorry, it was a joke. <laughs> but, yeah, that was really funny. I definitely get it, man. It's lame. Um, I wrote like, this reminds me of that really sketchy. This is actually, I wrote in my notes. This reminds me of that really sketchy guy that came up to me at Barnes and Noble. Oh my God. I was there. (laughs) I was there. It was pretty fucking terrifying. And I'm sure he was an ax murderer. He was fucking weird, dude. (laughs) It's fucking so weird. This dude, like we're sitting at Barnes and Noble bought fashion magazines, drinking the Starbucks. We're at the Starbucks at Barnes and Noble. And we're like drinking this, you know, totally having fun, whatever. And this guy like walks up who weirdly enough looked like my cousin. So like, this was not ever going to happen. And like, he was just like charging his phone or something. I don't know. He was like, I charged my phone. And I was like, Oh my God, we're getting robbed. What the fuck is up with this dude? Like, he's going to like, grab my bag off of this chair he was looking at you so intensely, it was really fucking creepy but like in a creepy way but yeah. said something like i can't remember but it was some brilliant weird line i was like it was strange you're from he thought you were from somewhere else i can't remember he kept making me guess or maybe whatever making him ask me like where like guess where am i from and i was like and yeah. he's like are you an artist i can tell this is the example of crazy weird and like <laughs> it's never a guy like jesse on a train who's like not a fucking weirdo it, i felt re- it was really hard for me to contain my laughter because yeah. it was just so mental like, like I, have to go. I was like i don't know what i'm gonna do like at least we're in public and i was scared they would like follow us out i was like what if he fucking follows us i don't know like let's see that's the first instinct i have you know what i mean hmm. yeah that's- I mean, probably says something about society that we live in, but I was just, okay. this is crazy. Um, anyway, so they run into that, <laughs> the actors of what the cow play. And then I love when they get on the train and they're sitting in the back and then he's like, all right, rapid fire questions. Like we're going to just ask each other random things because we've been together for a little while. And then he's like, what were your first sexual feelings like towards someone? Oh, that's such a weird question. That's the first thing you want to know. I know. I, I think guys like, always ask that. Or, I mean, they used to based on my, uh, previous experiences <laughs> that they would ask what was the first time you had sexual feelings towards another person that well 
or towards that, other or like when or when was the first time you had sex yeah i feel like that's something that only men ask women don't really ask that for some oh, reason it's really strange I, I found that to be a really strange question. And then um, I, I love how she's, like, talking about this guy who's, like, a swimmer or something when she was growing up. Oh, yeah. He had no hair, and he was just so beautiful. He, he was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. I thought that was so strange. Um, Let's see. I have, like, when was the, when was the first time that you liked a boy, Jai? Oh. Were you in school? Or were you old? Well. I can tell you because I'll never forget this because he was like my first crush ever. I was five. What? I was in kindergarten and no I loved way. this guy, this guy, this boy who was like, <laughs> oh, wow. okay, so just so you get a full picture, his dad was like super cool and he used to wear like jeans and like leather jacket and used to pick him up on his motorbike. So that's already the boy like was five. Yeah, um, with his little helmet and everything. And oh so his name was Jadir, or like Hadir, or whatever. And he was like so beautiful. I still have a picture. I'll show you next time I see you. I oh, have a picture of like, him, like as a kid? No, no, like kindergarten, like class. Or, or oh, like, oh my God. That year, um, whatever it's called, like class photo, yeah. whatever. And um, so, yeah, I, I had the biggest crush. I remember thinking the highlight of my day is when we finish, um, when we leave, and then I get to see his dad picking him up, and he will be like, bye, Jai. And so, anyway, I had to tell you this because it's really cool. So I was five, you know, like yeah. then obviously, like, didn't see him, um, like, I guess he went to a different primary school, whatever. And then I had this best friend when I was 13. And he's like, oh, yeah, you had to come to, to this party. My, my cousin is coming. Guess who it was? No Javier. Yeah. We're 13 right now. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's just, like, so beautiful. He's, like, doesn't disappoint. You know, he grew up and, like, he's just so hot. So I had still, like, crushing him. Seven years. But the cool thing was that he actually really liked me and he wanted to go out with me. And he told our friend, who was his cousin, um, I really like Jai, I want to go out with her. But then my friend apparently had a crush on me. So he was like, no, 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 you can't. But yeah, we, we kissed and like, I think made out. But that's it. Really. Oh, you never like went, like went out with him? Cause you're no, because then I moved to the UK. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn. But Do it's you know a pretty... around? Like, do you know how um, I'm not really friends with any of them anymore, but yeah, I should prove. I mean, I, I'm just Sorry. curious to see you. Yeah, I curious. asked. What does he do now? One of my friends saw him recently, and apparently he's quite short. Oh. You know, at 13, we were all the same height, but obviously he kind of stayed behind. So, but yeah, I think it's a pretty cool um, story, you know, my crush. And then. His dad sounded super hot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, super cool. Yeah, pro rocker. Yeah, no, I know. He sounds like he was in like Motley Crue. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm just happy that I got to hang out with him when we were 13 for yeah, quite a while, and I, I got to kiss him and everything. So that's pretty cool, you know. Oh, Not wow. regrets there. Oh wow, mine was definitely way later. I definitely had a crush on this boy named Oliver in my like fifth grade class. He had a leather jacket. <laughs> and he had an earring. He was really fucking cool. <laughs> he had a leather jacket. Yeah, he had a leather jacket. Yeah, we were like what 11. Like 10, 11. I don't remember like any younger than that. I don't know if I like ever had a crush. I don't think so. 
younger than that, but <laughs> that's just really funny. He was just like this boy that I liked in my class. But then the summer when I was 11 or like either 11 turning 12, I went to summer camp, like how you see on TV. And oh, moved. yeah. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I went camp. to like a sleepaway camp, oh, right? Cool. Like two weeks. And like there was this boy there and his name was Tom. And he was definitely like maybe 14. He was like two years older than me. He probably was like 14. I don't think he was 15. I think he was 14. And he was just like super fucking cool. He lived in like the boys and the girls lived in cabins, like on different parts of like, it was near Annapolis, like where the water is. So they had like water sports and you did like archery oh, cool. and horseback riding, like all this stuff. And uh, so you have like different blocks and you have like the lunch hall, just like you see in movies, like where y'all have like lunch and dinner and all that kind of stuff. It was so crazy. Yeah. So we like went out for like four days at camp. <laughs> super intense. We had like a social because everyone's like, I think the, the camp went up to like 17, but they were on like a different part. Like we didn't see the kids that were older. So like our group, I guess we were hanging out with people like within like three or four years. So it was just like super cool, but it was lame, but it was cool. We made oh, that's out. so cool. Yeah. But that was never that's anything great. I wanted to like fall, you know, like it wasn't anything intense. Yours sounds like, cause you knew him, you know, he was in your class with him and stuff. Well, also he was my first crush. Yeah. You know, the first one I ever liked. So oh, yeah, I was just really lucky that I got to have that. I yeah, think. That's, so, that's pretty cool. It's a pretty like original story. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And then, and then of course she asked like, have you ever been in love? And I love how he's like, yes, go on. <laughs> like next question. She's like, no, you don't get to just answer one word. Like, I know he's kind of cynical, but yeah, I feel like deep down he's a romantic, but he just yeah, doesn't want to show cynical. it. Exactly, yeah. Really funny. And then they they like he talks about like you know he's like no never been in like maddening like passionate like oh my god like all you know everything like all consuming. But I guess like yeah I've told someone I loved him and meant it, but not in the way that you think of like love love. Which yeah, know. which didn't really sound like love to me, but I mean. No, yeah, it's probably something that you probably felt you should say, I guess. Like, who knows? Um, and then I love when they go to the record store. So they're like, oh, let's get off. And then they go to the record store and they listen to Kath Bloom. That is one of my favorite scenes. Uh, yeah, same. I think it's probably, I have like a few, but yeah, that's definitely my first. Yeah, same. Um, it's so great. I love that. I love that that song that's played. Yeah, the I think it's "Come Here" by Kath Bloom. Yeah, come here. yeah, it yeah. Is. and apparently, production note is the that is actually like real, like them in that booth together because they had not heard the song and the lyrics of the song prior to them filming it. Oh wow, that's really and they're cool. They're listening to the words and like what's happening, like all that like interaction and like tension is completely real. So that's pretty. Yeah, cool. I also read that because um, that song was in in the movie. Then um, a lot of people were like into the, the music and they wanted to know who was why. So um, this artist, Kath Bloom, like did really well. Like because people were like, "Oh, we love your music," and so she um, actually released an album. Um, after the movie came out because she was inspired by the fact that people like her music. Oh, that's awesome. really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, and then, Oh yeah. So I do, I do like that whole scene. That was one of my favorites too. Same. And then we get to the Ferris wheel and they're like high up and it looks really cool. And, and the then for the first time. Ah. Ethan Hawke is a weird movie kisser. <laughs> It's kind of I knew you were going to say that. He, his face looks kind of funny when he kisses. Yeah. 
He's no Mark Wahlberg. If we're going to like rank movie kissers, I think like we had a pretty strong reaction to Mark Wahlberg's and fear <laughs> me and Charles. <laughs> no, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. But I guess we'll have to get to others. Uh, Ryan Philippe is another good one. Uh, there's more in Cruel Intentions, which we'll eventually have to do as well. But but yeah, it's kind of funny. I wrote that he's just a weird movie kisser. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just his facial expressions. I don't I, know. Yeah, it might be. It's just kind of funny. But I love that keys. I love it's so cute. Yeah, it's like at the perfect time, at the perfect place. Like because he's not. Yeah, it's kind of like he's not really. I feel like she sort of makes the first move, or like she kind of. Yeah, she gets close to him. She gets close to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I love how she's like kind of funny about it because she like totally knows that like he's not going to say anything, but she's going to just make it weird and kind of funny. Yeah. I like that. I really like her, though. I love Julie. I know, me too. She's <laughs> so great. Have you seen um, Two Days in Paris? Pardon? In Two Days in yes. Paris? Yes, I love, I love that. It's really funny. That's another good movie that she wrote and directed, if you like Julie. I know, she's so talented. Right. And um, she fucking makes music, too. I mean. Yeah, yeah, and then she does some music in, what, the second one? I think so. Yeah, it's the one where she's in Paris, and at the end, you know, they're, like, in the apartment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's playing for the song that she wrote about him. It's so cute. Um, I wrote, uh, okay, let's see. I wrote, Jesse is so cynical, and Celine is, like, so, like, romantic about life, um, which is just really funny how, like, just in, in all these different situations that you hear them talking, he's always just so, like, yeah, okay. Like, what? Yeah. I do think that most men are like that. Like, they refuse to believe in, like, magic or stuff like that. Like, it's, I mean, at least the ones I met, it's always the, the, the girl who's, like, you know, oh, like, more open to any possibilities and, like, anything like magic or whatever. And mm -hmm. the guy's always like, oh, please, like, she just wanted your money, you yeah. know. Like, yeah, the palm, I was going to say the palm reader. I, yeah. thought, I thought that was cool. I, I liked what she said. You know, me too. I really like what she said. But of course, he's like, "Oh, whatever. You got your your money. Like, you're, there's never going to be anyone that tells you what's really going to happen. Like, you're going to be like mediocre, and you're going to do this. You know, all that kind of stuff." Which I was yeah, like, but, dude. <laughs> but he, but she was also was sort of spot on with him because she said, "Oh, you're still growing or something, yeah, or you're, you're learning. learning." Yeah, yeah, you're learning because he's kind of like, I guess more immature i don't know but yeah i really love that she says that the poem reader says only if you find peace with within yourself you find true you'll find true connection with others i really like that it's true yeah it's so cool it's totally true and then and then i love that um jesse after that talks about like quaker weddings oh um, yeah one um that i that i took some photos for for my friend and i just went to one and it, it is like this it's it's pretty amazing it is. oh wow pretty i love to go to one yeah it's pretty amazing that it has no like real structure like like you kind of it's really cool it's like you just kind of like witness these two people like have vows and then everyone just kind of like sits in silence and then some people say things about them or you start telling stories about them but it's a lot of like meditation and like self-reflection and it's really cool it's all very like like living in the moment like being in this space together it's it's really cool yeah i i really like that i mean the way um he described it, it was like they were just staring into each other's eyes sort of thing and not really saying anything i think that's really cool and then next thing you know they're married you mm -hmm. know yeah it's really cool 
Um, and then, then we get to the poet on the riverbank, which is one of my favorite scenes. <gasps> Gosh. Okay. But, can we, can we please talk about him? Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about him. What do you have to say? Okay. Okay. Is it just me or he is just the, uh, Viennese sort of version of Pete Doherty? Oh, he kind of is. He did remind You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, obviously, he, he, like, doesn't... Uh, his own language and like everything like he does have that little twang and like the way he carries himself like the way he like is telling the poem and like the fact that he's obviously writing a poem in the first place i just it really reminded me of uh, p doherty and he was like really hot like his long hair like everything that he was wearing so cool really yeah cool. i have to say yeah it's almost like there's a fine line and that's what people always used to say in is london like People don't know whether you're an actual tramp, like you're like an actual street, like a homeless person, or you're just a hipster because it's just... It looks the same. It looks the same, you know? (laughs) I think uh, this may be, uh, this is a hot take and maybe uh, quite controversial, but I think Pete Under... Pete uh, Doherty is one of... uh, Severely underrated as a songwriter. He is! I I agree with you. I think he's an incredible artist. He definitely has his issues, as most artists do. Um, but I definitely like, I, I love his music. I mean, I'm really into it. I have his book too. Like, I'm really into it. There's a really good documentary on YouTube that is like, I think it's an arena documentary. It's from like 20 or 2005 maybe. And mm-hmm. it's like during his, like probably one of his most creative times that he released a lot of music and art and things and like baby shambles. I think, I think. Yeah. Baby shambles. I mean, obviously like, it, it, I mean, baby shambles is great, but. I think anyone out there, if if you can like check out any interviews with um, him, like he, you really get this sensibility. Like he's just like really in touch with with I don't know. It's it's actually just really beautiful to to hear him speak and like he's just like a really sensitive guy. Yeah, he's, it's like, really interesting. Yeah, I mean he's really smart. He's I, I mean I just love his brain, but. Yeah, I mean, he does look a little bit like he had too much fun, you know? Mm. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's incredibly talented. So then, like, the poet in the riverbank, I love that they use the word milkshake. I know, me too. He's like, milkshake? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he, like, writes in this poem. He's like, you know, if you like it, if you think it adds something to your life, then, you I know, know. Money. And she's like, oh, man, that's everything. great. He was like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Like super cynical again. Like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. You know, he probably just plugged that word in there. Like, he probably I know. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. He like reminds me of someone I know that I can't really name, but who's very cynical when I talk about like uh, reincarnation and like magic and like <laughs> energy and, you know. <laughs> me? No, <laughs> I'm kind of skeptical about about some of that. Not all of it, though. I'm more open. Reiki. I'm joking. Oh um, yeah, I'm I'm more, no, I'm more like I wasn't talking about you. No, right? I'm kind of skeptical <laughs> about things, but I'm not. I don't not believe in them. It just doesn't work for me. I guess I no, don't. Just someone else I know, but I can't really name. So okay. it's fine. But uh, yeah, it's really it's really really funny that he's just super still super skeptical about it. Um, and then they go to one of my favorite parts is that bar that like CD yeah. dive bar slash so club. That's like my heaven. Like, put me in there. Like, I know. So nineties. They have that guy playing acoustic guitar. Yeah, and it's all about like dive bar sort of thing, you know, like that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's so cool. It's I cool. love. 
I love that they're playing that and they're like I was actually looking at at it quite closely like they it was real they played and when they lost then the, the, it would be the next person's turn and it was very like I feel sometimes with film in film they can't they forget about stuff like that like you kind of you know what I mean I watch them play the game because I was watching the pinball I was yeah. watching it like the ball Same. Moved, yeah me like, too yeah that's really cool um, and then at that point, at the pinball, he asked about her last relationship, which is so funny that she, like, talks about this guy that oh she was God. dating and then she went to the shrink and she was telling her the story about <laughs> how um, this girl kills her boyfriend and the shrink thought she was serious and, like, was like, I have to call the police. I think you're really going to do this. I know. And she was paying 900 euros yeah. per hour. But, yeah, I mean, that's when I thought, okay, yeah, she's, like, a bit neurotic. Like, if, to think, I mean, very enough. She obviously, like, had issues, but she also felt inspired to write something. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, the shrink was like, oh, my God, you're going to kill your ex-boyfriend. Like, I don't know. I thought it was really funny. But it was also, like, she's been really open, you know. Kind of, I wouldn't share that if I Uh met someone because Uh I would be worried about, like, what he might think of me. He might think that I'm crazy, you know. (laughs) I think she doesn't care. She doesn't care, which is really cool. I think she probably knows that he wouldn't. I mean, I don't think that would scare him away. And then, and then I love when, and she's like, what about you? Like, did you have a girlfriend? And then, then there's like that moment of pause and he's like, "Ah, I can't believe we didn't get to this like before now. And I was like, if this motherfucker has like a fiance, I'm going to lose it right fucking now. I was thinking the same. No. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. But then he tells the story about how he was like originally going to Madrid. At first he said he was originally in Madrid to visit friends, but you find out that his ex-girlfriend lived there and she was there for a year. And she was, like, on some, what, art history thing. And he was, like, all right, I'm going to save all my money in the spring and, like, come stay with you for the summer. And then he gets there and he kind of finds out that, like, she's avoiding being alone with him. And she's all these, like, guys and girls around. So he's, like, fuck it. And just leaves. Yeah. I mean, I understand what he didn't share that with her right at the beginning because it would have killed the vibe a little bit. I think, oh, yeah, totally. He had told her on the train, you know? Um, I guess he was at a white lie. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's not like he was with her still. Exactly. Yeah, he was like, I had to leave this time for three weeks, so like I had time to kill, and I just bought a URL pass, which is one of my '90s moments. I don't think they have a URL pass anymore. Or what? The oh, URL? Yeah, they, no, that was the thing. You're right. That was the thing because I knew a lot of people that were doing it even in like 2008. So is it so, still there? Well, it was. I don't think it is now, right? Wasn't it kind of recently that they like don't have that. I guess, but it was happening in 2008. Oh, okay. All right. So, that was like, that's the last person oh, I remember. Yeah. If you used a URL pass recently, let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're around anymore. Well, um, yeah. Uh, or not even recently, within the last like two years. <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to know, actually. Um, let's see. And then I love how they're walking through the street, and I love how like Celine thinks that men invented feminism just to justify like fooling around. Like women. I know. Which kind of makes sense too. Yeah, I mean yeah. Sense. And then there's more just there's just so many conversations that we could just like go on and on about. But I love one of my other favorite uh scenes, I guess I'm like kind of getting into them, but it's when they're in the restaurant in Vienna and they both like call their friends. I know. I love that. So I love is when he calls his friend and then she answers and he's like, Hey dude. Hey dude. <laughs> That's the best. I'm just like, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> I know it's really funny. It's like, yeah, th- that's one of my favorites too. 
I really just, love that. It's so cool. Again, it just feels very like real and like something that you would have done in, in the nineties, you know? Like yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. Um is that when they're they is that when they're in the restaurant when there's other people like in yeah. the, they show their conversations mm-hmm. for, for like seconds. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then where do they go after that? Then they go to the riverboat. Oh yeah. And they're up on the riverboat and I think they're like drinking. And then after that, they're like, Hey, like, let's go, like, let's go spend time. Like at, let's go get like some wine. So then they go to that bar and he like, doesn't have any money. And I love how he goes up to the, to the, the bartender and he's like, Hey, I'm just with this girl for one night. Like if you give me the address, I'll swear to like pay you the money and like mail it to you. I know. Sitting there like taking the glasses. And she like she's just sitting there like looking all kind of weird, and then he just gives him the the bottle, which I thought was really funny. I know. I actually think that that's um that can happen for sure. Stuff like that happened oh, totally. to my friends actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, totally. I totally believe in something like that for sure. It's just like you're also like he has a really good excuse. Like he's just met this girl, and this is the only night together. I think the guy a bit of a romantic so he was like yeah cool you know yeah here take it it's so very cute yeah i love everything that happens from then because they got to the park yeah i was gonna say i love the the night at the park and i love how they're like talking rationally about whether to sleep together like it's like all right well if i don't ever see you again then like maybe we should and then there are all these like back and forth of like maybe that we will maybe we won't kind of she's like i don't think we should have sex because then I'm going to feel bad because then I won't see you again. And she's like, okay, yeah, no, I think we should have sex. And she's like, okay. Yeah, it's such a, I have to say that really reminds me of like, I don't know, it's it's quite, it's something that quite a lot of girls do, you know? They kind of like, you say something that you actually don't want mm-hmm. and then you change your mind, you know? It's true. It's kind of, you say what you don't really mean and then you change your mind. It's like, I don't know why a lot of girls are like that, actually. It is true, like, indecisive. Yeah, yeah, very. Mm-hmm. I do love that whole conversation. And then I love how they just show, like, the next scene is the sunrise. I always I thought they slept together, but apparently there's been some articles where people, like, weren't sure. But I think they do. They do. No, and Linkletter said, like, I kind of made it a little obvious, like, the next morning that she, like, Yeah, because she's not wearing her t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, I thought it was kind of clear, but I didn't mean for it to be, like, super ambiguous. But then, in, I think before sunset, they actually, like, bring it up. Like, oh, you actually, do they? Okay. actually find out that they did sleep together. I think it's still, well, that's probably why, because he heard that people were like, did they? Did, so he probably was like, fuck it. Like, okay, I'm just going to say that they did, so you guys know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is romantic and all, but they clearly didn't use protection because it's not like he was carrying condoms, right? I don't know. Do you think? It's the Uh, 90s. Um, No, because, okay, he, they both left their luggage in the locker, so they only sort of walk around and she had her backpack, but I honestly don't think she was thinking that before she got off the train. Well, as she got off the train and between leaving stuff in the lockers and everything, I can't imagine them thinking, I'm just going to take my content out in case I need it. You know, yeah, like, true. I don't think so. Yeah, good. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> didn't think about that, but yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, thankfully nothing happened and it was nothing like crazy. 
Yeah. The next one. That would have been a whole other thing where, like, the next time she sees him, she, like, has this baby. And she's like, oh, God. Yeah. It's like, um, and then, okay, you see the sunrise, and then they, they're, like, walking through the streets, and it's like, I love sunrise in general, how everything's, like, closed down, and then everything's, like, you know, like, some people are moving around. I love all those stills that they show. <gasps> Me too, with the same places where they, oh, no, that's at the end. Later, yeah. But, like, that's just at the end, yeah. The sunrise, they, like, show bits of the city in the sunrise and you see yeah. that and then you hear that harpsichord and then they're like dancing in this i love that they're dancing it's so romantic i love all the last scenes like then they go to the bells like there were that where like uh they're more like downtown i guess then and you it's, hear, like like, a, bells. it's like a piazza or some, yeah. some sort of yeah um and then you get to the train station and then they're like really quickly they're like wait oh my god i didn't mean it about like not wanting to see each other again like we should meet like six months from now like right here six o'clock like the same time and and then they just like she like runs and gets on the train and it's like so like oh my god like are we gonna we want to see each other again and then that's when they show all the stills of the places that they were throughout the film i love that part that was the only note that i had for like theme and mood was that i just really love that part yeah Mm -hmm. And then I know. see each of them traveling back. And then, like, that's it. I know. It's so sad. I know. It's like, each one on the journey home. Um, for my theme and mood, I just have that. I love the stills. And it's just very, like, super real. I mean, I there wasn't that much, like, insane cinematography or anything. Like, it was just very much, like, what you would see with your eye. Yeah. It was quite simple. Yeah. Same but... with the music, too. It was the song in the record booth. And then um, just the harpsichord. There wasn't much music throughout, though. Yeah, there was some, but it was very, like... I mean, the only thing that stood out was uh, that song by um, Kath... Um, what's what's oh, her Bloom. name? Kath Bloom. Yeah. yeah. And obviously they have some Vivaldi and, like, Beethoven oh, yeah. as well, which is obviously, like, yeah. Viennese, like, right? Yeah. yeah. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I love I love that, that it's set in Vienna rather than yeah. Paris. Even though they shot the second one in Paris, but I think it would have been more oh, like it, it, I don't mind that the second one was in Paris because the first one it's cooler that it wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it, it would have been too obvious that like, oh yeah, Paris of course or yeah you know. of, yeah. And the thing is, like to me, like it is equally as romantic as being in Paris because any sort of old country where there's so much history, that in itself is, like, romantic, you know? So anywhere, really. Rome is beautiful, like Florence, you know, all of those places. Um, But, yeah, I love love the shots of the city, like you, and um, I love how at the end they show all the places that they were together in, but empty this time, you know? Like, even the park scene, there's, like, bottles. There's just the bottle and the glasses, and there's some ladies just walking through it. Um, And, yeah, the sunrise and all the shots that are... Yeah, when they're at that tower overlooking the theme park. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like... Yeah, it's just beautiful, really. Um, What about for fashion? Yeah, what are your fashion (laughs) notes? Okay, fashion... I honestly, like, it's all the 90s stuff that I actually really like and that I used to wear. Yeah. It's, like, grungy. You know, it's, like, the the slip dress with a T-shirt underneath. Like, I used to wear Doc Martens with, with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, she wears the, the backpack. It's so 90s with the string, you know? Yeah, I totally had one of those. It's so, yeah, I used to have it too. And, like, the, the plaid shirt, like, wrap around the waist. I mean, 
that was like so 90s like you I mean I used to do that too you know they were like boxy they were like oversized so they were like men's shirts mm-hmm. and used to wrap them around your waist um jesse's haircut so 90s and like baggy, but yeah i mean baggy jeans leather jacket I, I even really love what the two viennese guys wear like oh, the street yeah. coat. you know they have those really cool small glasses and like mm-hmm. they're kind of like i don't know kind of got that 50s thing going on you know they dress completely different um they have an original vibe yeah for sure yeah um yeah it, it's just really cool i love that you only see them wearing one outfit mm-hmm. right? the whole time yeah and then she takes the t-shirt off but she still wears the dress and she has those like braids like mm-hmm. her hair is different yeah it's uh and then obviously the street poet super hot that's nothing to do with fashion but he's just hot even think that you were gonna think he was hot that's so oh funny. yeah no he was he oh. was like i'm pretty sure he was wearing like Suit, like, right? like no he okay a lot of, of guys in in france actually in in germany they wear these like high-waisted tailored trousers they were high-waisted not entirely high waist but kind of high waist you know i'm um, and he had like a black top, like a sweater, and then he had his like jacket over it. It's just like so hot, just oh, like wow. an artist. Yeah, that's just how artists dress, basically. That's, Even now. Yeah, it's true. I guess it doesn't really change. What about you for fashion? I have literally like the same notes. I love Celine's layered dress and like the tee with the flannel and the black shoes. I just yeah, it's so much of what I would, totally would wear back then. Yeah. I don't like her shoes, but yeah. yeah. They're just like plain black, like lace-ups. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like whatever sneakers. Um, and I love Jesse. I love the burgundy turtleneck on Jesse more than I like the leather jacket. I know, me too. I'm have the leather that. jacket with the burgundy turtleneck would be like spot on. But then I they, think men just look really hot in like turtlenecks. Yeah, it depends. I have to have a good face. And like good bone structure. I think he has incredible bone structure. Uh, Ethan Hawke. His, yeah. his um what are your favorite scenes i feel like i've already told mine pretty much um yeah so we we had the same one right with there at the record store yeah. and they look at each other when the other looks away i think that's like really cool and the song they, they're not talking i love that um when they first meet on the train and the german couple's arguing like mm-hmm. that. Oh, that's, yeah i like that too and any everything that happens from when they are in the park and then the keys and they walk around onto the end. Like I, I think I love not right to the end when they say goodbye, but when they're sitting in that piazza place and like she's sort of um, laying down with her head on his lap. You know mm-hmm. that all of that, like the dialogue between them, all of that is my favorite. Also, like I like one moment, but it's not my favorite scene. I just I forgot to mention it earlier. When do you remember when they talk about technology, like before they go into the bar, uh-huh. and they're like, "I hate technology." You know, like you like you could get a whatever processor, and like that is meant to save you time. But then you just end up wasting more time, the time that you're saving when you like use technology. And it's so true. It's like you buy all these gadgets that are meant to help you to save time, but you ended up wasting the time that you saved. You yeah, waste it. So it's basically, more- they help you to waste more time. Like if you. It's weird, yeah, but I really like that line when they when they talk about technology because that's how I feel, basically. Yeah, it's true. I've wasted so much time on the fucking internet. 
I know. No. <laughs> What what are your favorite scenes? Mine are the record store booth, um, inside that bar, the club with the music. I wrote my dream. Um, I love the telephone call that Cecile makes to her friend in Paris. I love how she described like he's American. He's like this. I just I love that scene. And then the poet on the street. Yeah, that yeah, that's um, I forgot to write that, but yeah, I I love what he says, and I just think it's cool that of course there's going to be a poet on the street at night, and like they yeah. always approach couples, you know, like cool. And he was like, I like this. He's like, this is a dip- typical different kind of like like bum that's like asking. Totally, yeah. <laughs> one is a fortune teller, like one is a poet. You know, it's very different than what we're so used different. to here. Um, do you have any quotes? I have loads. Oh, wow. Okay, good. I only have one. No, do you? I do. I couldn't... Everything I wanted to think of was actually a conversation. So I couldn't, like, narrow it down to a line. But mine isn't even, like, one that's from the main characters. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, so my first one is, why do I make everything so complicated? Celine says that. That's funny. She she does. She does, like, make everything very complicated when she explains it. Um, what's yours? Mine is just from that, from the, the only one that I have is just the one from the, um, the fortune teller when she just says stardust, we're all stardust. Yeah. I love that. No, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I have these other ones. I'm not going to say like mention them all, but I like this. These are a bit long. So Celine says, if there is any kind of magic in this world, it must be in the attempt of understanding someone sharing something. I know it's almost impossible to succeed, but who cares really? The answer must be in the attempt. I just think it's quite beautiful. That's true. That it is true. It's like the magic is never like the ending result. It's like everything that happens in between, you know, the, the attempt. I think that's cool. And I really like this. So this is this is it. I'm just going to say this one. Um, Jesse says, I kind of see this all love as this. Escape for two people who don't know to, how to be alone. People always talk about how love is this totally unselfish, giving thing. But if you think about it, there is nothing more selfish. And it's kind of true. <laughs> that is, it's kind of funny coming from Jesse too. I know, but I kind of agree. It's it, when you love someone, you just want them to be with you, uh, or you just want to be with them. It's kind of selfish. You don't care about anyone else. Yeah, it's like so true. many aspects of love are like you just want to spend time with them. I don't know. It's it, yeah, it's a weird thing, but um, I just really like that. I, I don't think I ever hear anyone saying that before. So yeah, that's cool. It's a different like um like approach to it. Like it's yeah. definitely never heard before in reality yeah. or in a film mm-hmm. just cool yeah what other one um um i like it when jesse says i'm gonna take your picture so i never forget you um yeah like this and he's just like taking a mental photo of of celine i think that's cute yeah that is pretty cool that was in another film too but it was way later than that Okay, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I think, like, they were quite original with what they said. I think I feel so. Like, right? Yeah. I think so. It's just, like, so, just so different. So different. Do you have 
any okay. 90s moments 90s things yeah the only two that i have are that bar and that club that dive place just super 90s but that has also the arcade in there and then the record store which sadly i don't know is like still a thing maybe in europe it still is and in vienna it is, okay. yeah. You still have lots of record stores. It's like a thing. Yeah. We have a like, few, but I mean, they're well because there's so many music producers and artists that they that's what I mean. They're the ones that really buy them for the most part, you know. Oh yeah, to like spin and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. What about you? Um. So I think asking people for advice on where to go or what oh, to do. Oh wow, that is because kind of it, because like come on, like we have fucking smartphones. There are fucking apps for like when you go to Berlin, for example, things to see and do, and you don't ever ask strangers. You don't ask people. That's you know? true. So I think for me that's pretty nineties. Yeah, I mean, again, this is fashion, but like everything that Celine wears head to toe, really. It's like. It's super 90s. It's super 90s. Like, yeah. Um, Yeah. They're coming. No, I just have those two. I was just going to say, like, my closing thoughts is just like, God, these these two are just such great actors. They are. Yeah, they're so insane. Like, I'm trying to think of another film that has stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I was I was watching it thinking the same. Like, I can't really... I mean, there's, like, a, a love story, obviously. Like, it's amazing. But funny enough, it's called A Love Story. You know that 70s film? No. It's American. Yeah, it's called Love Story. Oh, I don't know it's, that. Who's in that? I don't know the names. It's just, like, a classic. But, um... Yeah, it's different. It's just like a, a like when I think of love stories, I think of that one, not for the title because it is just a story, really, and because it's old, it's like seventies, right? Oh. Um, and I think of this film. Um, I think there is another one, but it's I can't really, I can't really remember like any other like true like love story that's not that's between comedy and like. Without being too serious, you yeah, know. I was gonna say, yeah, something that's pretty light. I, I don't know. Be- besides the obvious, obviously, like Shakespeare, like I don't know, yeah, like Romeo yeah. and Juliet, like it's not um, different kind of love story, but it's a pre- a beautiful one too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they are. I just can't think. I couldn't think of one today, and I can't think of one now. Crazy. Do you have war scenes? No, I don't have any. Do you? Yeah, so I was watching thinking there's no like war scenes, I mean that. But I have to say when 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 Jesse takes Celine to the train at the end, I think that's quite because it's just so sad and I can really feel their I don't know. I can't really go through their emotions, you know, of like you're saying goodbye to someone, you just had like the best time and like you just really connected with someone. Um It is really sad. Yeah, like it's, it's uh, happy, but it's also sad. Yeah, it is, um, and I guess because it reminds me of the fact that the the, the film was based on um, the the director's ex- own experience, you know. I know, and that's so and tragic. that he ended that way. It's so sad. Talking about her, that she, yeah. yeah, that she died. God, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's but, all I have. Do you think? Do you think? Um, like, do you see this film as timeless or, like, do you think it has a timeless quality to it? I think so. I think the connection between two people meeting that way is kind of timeless. 
yeah. you have a connection like I that with someone, I feel like if I was in that position and I was really connecting with someone on that level, I don't think I would look at my phone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think for me anyway, we're also a bit older past the cell phone generation where I cannot look at my phone for a long period of time. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I had that deep of a connection, I wouldn't want to like do something that would fuck it up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's regardless whether it was in the nineties and like the, it was before smartphones and everything, but it is about the connection really. Yeah. It's like two people who co- complete different backgrounds and like they live in different countries and stuff and they just met and connected. And I feel like that would always speak to any generation, you know, like, mm-hmm. and they connect yeah. to like simple fundamental principles of life and love and, you know, yeah, exactly. That almost everyone can relate to no matter where you're from. You still have those feelings. Yeah, so. I agree. I also think it's I love really it. cool. Me too. I love it. I, I think it's really amazing that, that they, I mean, I'm trying to think of any sort of trilogies, like, like famous movies that are not like um, superhero yeah, I was going to say, not like or whatever. Movies, yeah. yeah, that are, there's literally, I can't think of any that's been this well done, that's, and also that's been so successful because, like, for them to make one more, normally, if they do that, the first one is kind of like the best one. But this was great, but then the second one was really good, and apparently the third one was even better. And so all, much that. They're also different. They had like Oscar, they were like, they had Oscar nominations and yeah, everything. Yeah, for the screenplay, I think. And they also made a lot of um, it made a lot of money. So I think it's quite remarkable, really, that you know that they created this. Yeah, like this whole network and this whole story and this group of people. Yeah. It's really cool, and that they're all collaborating together because they said when they were casting, they wanted it to be like collaborative, not just actors who just said the words. You know, like yeah, it had to maybe- write it too. Yeah, no, I know. And and maybe it was just that great because they collaborated rather than like it was one man's vision, one like based on whatever, you know, it was like throughout the three movies they, they it was like a col- yeah, like collaborative like project and stuff. So yeah, it totally makes sense that you you know it's so good. It so well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yay. Well yeah. this is the end of the show. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys watched Before Sunrise. It's actually on HBO Max right now. So if you have it, check it out. Um, it does pop up on Netflix every now and again. I think I've seen That's it. That's it, okay. I've seen it on there, yeah. But I'm going to watch Before Midnight pretty soon, because now I just... I know, me too. I'm watch I think Before so. And then watch Before Midnight, too. <laughs> Let's watch it uh, like around the same time so we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, totally, yeah, because we'll cover it maybe another time. But we're sticking to 90s, so we have so many more on the list. So stay so tuned. Many. So many. So many. Yeah, this was really great. Thank yeah, you. it was so fun. Well, we will see you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye.